0: G'day legends, just a quick note before we get into this episode. I really hope you're enjoying the podcast, and if you are, I reckon you'll love my vlog over on YouTube, Skulls Weekly. After almost 300 episodes of my daily vlog, Skull Stories, we wanted to continue to make it interesting and add value to you guys as cricket lovers and cricketers, cricket coaches, and so we've changed it up. We're making it a much higher quality production. We're trying to give as much value as we can and we've made it a weekly vlog Skolls weekly we've had some excellent feedback so far so guys head over to youtube search cricket mentoring please subscribe like share comment etc and check out my new vlog scolls weekly welcome to the cricket mentoring podcast i'm tom scolle or Skolls as i get called and this podcast has been designed for cricketers and cricket lovers who want to learn and improve themselves. In this podcast we interview past, current and future cricket stars to find out more about their journey and what makes them successful while also sharing some audio from ourselves at Cricket Mentoring. Our goal is to help you become your best on and off the field so I hope you enjoy this podcast and get something valuable out of it. the six pillars of success. At Cricket Mentoring, we believe that to be truly successful, athletes must be working on themselves in these six key areas, okay? Technical, I'm sure you all know what that is, and I'm sure you all train that. You go and work on your technique in the nets, you go and hit balls, you're working on your technical part of your game. But to be successful, I think that all these other things sit underneath that, that most people don't put the time and effort into. And if you truly wanna be successful on the field in cricket, you need to be spending time on these other five pillars as well. What we think of technique being your foundation and if you imagine a skyscraper like a a big tall building the, the building company generally spends half the time it takes to build the building, they spend half the time getting the foundations right, getting the footings in the ground right, and then the building goes up quite quickly. We think that technique is your foundation, it's your footings and without a good technique your building will fall down you'll get found out against good quality bowling. But technique isn't everything. Technique isn't the only thing that's important. Okay, and I'm going to talk a bit about these other things, especially the mental and emotional skills because I'm sure you guys talk a fair bit about technique. I'm just going to share a few few ideas and, and thoughts around these things that you may or may not have heard before and hopefully open up some new ways of thinking and some new ways of approaching your cricket and your life as well. So technical, as I've just said, your technique is the foundation of your game. You need to develop a method that allows you to execute your shots consistently. Okay, and that's through volume, that's through repetition. You can't be consistent if you don't have consistent movement patterns. It's really hard to hit the ball consistently in the same area if you can't get into consistent positions. The only way to do that is through volume, is through training the right things and doing it thousands and thousands of times. You'll need a good cover drive, you've got to get in the right position and then you've got to do it thousands and thousands of times until it becomes subconscious. So for us, what we try and work on with our players is we want our players to hit the ball exactly where they want it to go. We do want our players to not slice the ball. And I've worked with a few of you in the room and a lot of players try and hit the ball somewhere and they slice it off to a different point And they don't even realise they're doing it through what their body's doing, which then contributes to what their bat swing does. And so we work with our players on hitting the ball exactly where they want it to go. Okay, And that way you can control where the ball goes, hitting the ball into the gaps. We want our players to have the skill to play the moving ball, okay, it's all well and good to be able to smack the ball out of the park when it's old and the ball's not doing anything, but if you want to be successful in all formats, against all bowlers, in all conditions, you need to be able to play the moving ball, so that's something we work on. We encourage our players to hold their shape, that's getting quite into the technique. We want our players to have the ability to score runs off both the front and back foot, and our players, we talk about playing late in defence. Okay? They're just a few things that we focus on with our athletes, our players. But there's obviously a lot more depth to the technical side of things as well. Tactical. Build an understanding of how to win the contest between bat and ball and develop awareness of strategy. This is something that is really important in your age group, is that you start to try and understand the game well. Not just your game, but the game. Why do certain things happen certain ways? Why do certain bowlers bowl certain ways? Why why is the field set in a certain way? You guys can get a real head start on your peers and your competition, your opposition, if you understand the game better. I know that I was a cricket nuffy and still am. I was a student of the game. And so when I was your age, I was often picked as a captain. Because A, I I wanted to be a leader, I was always putting myself in positions to try and be a leader, but also I knew the game really well. I studied the game at every opportunity. And that often got me picked when I was younger into older sides or got me picked ahead of other people because I knew the game. Not necessarily because my skills were better, and I've seen that on many, many occasions with the players I've worked with and the teams I've been involved in. The players who know the game well, they often become the captains and they're the first picked, Because they can just read the play, they understand what to be doing at what times. And you could play the best cover drive, we could come and watch you bat in the nets and you'll look like the best player. If you can't then transition that skill or those skills into a match, you're not going to be successful. You're not going to score runs, you're not going to take wickets if you don't know when to play a cover drive. If you'll play a really good cover drive but then you start cover driving a a ball that's sort of back of a length and swinging away and there's three slips and it's a dodgy wicket... You're probably not going to be successful very often. You've got to understand through your tactical awareness when's the right time to play certain shots, when's the right time to bowl certain deliveries. Okay. So for us, we talk a lot about players knowing their strengths and then executing those strengths or playing to their strengths consistently. And that comes through really reflecting and trying to think about your game consistently and and constantly. What do I do well? How do I do it? What do I do when I succeed, when I score runs or take wickets? Try and understand and know what your strengths are and then really build your game around your strengths. Okay? Understand your weaknesses and aim to improve them. It's, it's a bit of a juggling act at times. You want to get better at what you're not so good at, what you're vulnerable at, but you also want to make sure what you're good at gets even better. So that that's where you build your game around, your score runs. If you're good at playing off the back foot and scoring square the wicket, you should be making sure that anything short you're murdering. If you're struggle on the front foot, you might have to work on just keeping that ball out. Okay? You've got to work out what works for you because that's part of your success. Okay? And then they read good tactical players, read match situations and adapt their plan to the situation. Okay? These are sort of things we try and work on with our athletes at Cricket Mentoring. Everyone know who this is? Yep. anyone not know who this is? No. Nope. It's Alistair Cook. He's been knighted by the queen for his service to cricket. 161 test matches, 12,472 test runs, 33 test centuries, average of 45 in test cricket. He was one of the best opening batsmen in the modern era and he had about three shots. He could cut, he could pull, and he could clip. And then when he got in, he could punch through the offside. He was very limited because of his technique. Has anyone watched Dom Sibley bat recently? No, 8000. Dom Sibley's opening for England at the moment. He's got a very unorthodox, a very strange, very interesting technique and it causes limitations in his scoring, but he got a test 100 recently because of he's so good at the tactical side of things and knowing his game. And Alistair Cook was one of the best as well. Elite players almost always know their game and the game inside out. Alistair Cook isn't a three format player for England. He's limited because of his technique but that allows him to be so disciplined around what his strengths are. And his discipline around his strengths made him such an amazing test cricketer. He could bat for days, he could score big hundreds because he didn't get outside his bubble. He didn't try and take the game on or get ahead of himself when he was playing well. He just stayed in his lane and he just played to his strengths. And some of you guys in the room might not have the best technique. You might have limitations in your size or your scoring areas or your power. But if you can really double down on what you're good at and know your game and then you can get the mental and emotional piece of the, of the pillars right, you can, you can go on and have a successful career in the game. You don't have to be the most free-flowing, beautiful batsman to watch to be successful. And that's what, one of the great things about cricket. It's such a mental game once you get to a certain level. I'm going to talk a bit more about that in a minute. But Alistair Cook is a great example of just fighting hard and knowing your game and, and being successful in this game. So mental, this is something I want to talk a bit about. What you think has a massive impact on how you perform. The best athletes manage their thoughts and focus through their routines. Okay, so if in the nets you might execute your skills really well because there's no pressure. There's no consequences. You can just run in, bowl a good ball, a bowl a bad ball and you go again. Batting you might get out, you go again. In a game there's consequences, there's pressure. So that can cause us to think all sorts of things And what we think really sort of controls how we feel. I'm gonna get into that in a minute. But that affects how we perform. Okay, so the best players, they train themselves. They're not born that way. They learn and they train themselves to manage their thoughts, to help them, not to hinder them. Okay, and I'm sure all of you get nervous. I'm sure all of you get anxious before you play. It's really, really normal. Okay, I'm gonna talk about emotions in a minute. But the first thing for my pod, one of my podcasts, I host two podcasts, one of them, we spoke to one of the Cricket Australia sports psychologists and he spoke about the number one thing to do when you're feeling nervous or anxious is to normalize it and say, this is normal. This is really, really normal and natural. I'm not strange, I'm not weird, there's nothing wrong with me for feeling this way. Okay, but then how you approach those feelings and how you approach your thoughts has a massive impact on your success. If you let your negative thoughts, if you run away with your negative thoughts and you give energy to your negative thoughts, you're going to feel shit. You're going to feel more anxious, more tense, more scared of failing, and you're probably not going to do that well. Chances are you won't do well that well. If you can manage your thoughts and you can focus on the things that are going to help you, then you can go and play in a state of calm and confidence. And then you can start to perform closer to your best, closer to your potential. Okay, so we try and talk to our athletes, a few things, this is just a few of them. We try and help them have positive self-talk, tell themselves positive stories and positive affirmations that they're hitting the ball well, they're playing well, they're capable of scoring runs against anyone. Okay, we focus on using mental routines to focus our thoughts and attention. Going back to the Cricket Australia sports psychologist, he spoke about when you're in the contest, all that you need to be focusing on is everything relevant in that moment. And the run rate, the sort of scoreboard, what, your bat, what the opposition has just said to you, what who's watching, they're all not relevant when the ball's being delivered. Okay? And if you're a bowler and you're running in and you're facing the batter, everything outside of the batter and the pitch is irrelevant. So you guys as young players need to learn, and this is what we work on with our athletes, we need to learn to focus on the contest and on the ball. That's all that matters in that moment. Then... You can go into your, what we call the three R's. You reflect on the ball. You learn something from it. What did I do well? What could I have done better? You're constantly reflecting and thinking about the conditions and what's going on in the game. You then relax. You have to relax and switch off to be able to keep your mind fresh. Okay? Our brain is a limited resource. If we don't switch off, we'll drain that resource really, really quickly. And then we get to 20 or we face 30 balls, and we're done, we're fried, we're cooked. Okay, so we need, you guys, young guys, need to learn to switch off in between balls. So we call it three hours, reflect, relax, let your mind do anything, let your mind wander, think about anything, and then it's about coming back into your setup with the bat, with, when you're batting or getting to the top of your mark when you're bowling, and then you refocus. Okay, so how you think, and those routines are gonna play a huge, huge part in your performance. Okay, and you might be someone who gets to 20 easily and then you get out all the time. It could be because you're just not switching off and you're frying yourself. If you want to bat score hundreds, you want to bat all day, you want to bat for 50 overs or 90 overs in, in senior cricket, you need to be able to switch off and that's through the relaxing piece. But then you can't tap your bat and face up and still be thinking about what's for dinner tonight, you need to be able to refocus. Okay, and the reflection part is where you learn and you can adapt and you can apply your tactics from what you're learning after each ball. And then we want our players to be able to play freely under pressure and problem solve. You problem solve what's in front of you. If the wicket's doing a bit, you've got to problem solve. How do I adapt? Do I change my stroke play? Do I change my position? How do I adapt to what's in front of me? the wicket's good, or I'm facing a fast, bouncy ball. Do I move deeper in my crease? You've got to always be problem solving what's in front of you. Okay, for you better players, and I don't know your levels, most of you, but you better players might understand this. Some of you other guys might be like, I don't know what you're talking about. But you've got to always be able to adapt and problem solve what's in front of you. Okay, so this, this is a practical, real life example of the power of the mind. Okay, one of my good friends, a guy who played for Middlesex with me, um, I know you're all reading this. He played for Middlesex with me. Um, he's played a lot of league cricket in the UK. He's early 30s, he's a coach himself, and he's the director of cricket at Richmond Cricket Club in the UK. He's got a role in cricket. He messaged me and said he's hitting the ball well in the nets, but he just can't see himself getting a decent score. Okay? These two are the ones you need to take notice to. Strange feeling. And he's scored lots and lots of hundreds in his career, he's scored lots of runs in his career. He's a very successful cricketer. We spoke on Thursday last week. And I gave him a few ideas or thoughts, and the main thing was around he needed to be just focusing on what's relevant, which is the next ball. Just stay focused on the next ball. Win the next ball. Just win the next ball. He was getting distracted by thoughts and emotion that he was like, okay, I'm the director of cricket. I need to be doing well. I haven't scored runs for a few weeks. He was putting external pressure on himself, and it was affecting his performances. We spoke about just win the next ball, just win the next ball, just win the next ball. Adam London. Saturday, 111 off 102, cheers for the chat dog, 111 off 106, funny old game, said what did you focus on, what you told me, win that ball, didn't think about anything else, So he just tweaked his mindset, and he has a really good technical and tactical foundation, he knows the game really well, he knows his game really well, and he's got a really good technique, so he's he's grooved those two things, he's worked really hard on those two two pillars, But it was his mind that was letting him down. His mind was getting caught up and he was thinking about things that weren't relevant. I just helped him get his focus back to what's relevant, which is win that ball. And he went and got 100. So you guys might have amazing skills and you're not getting the results because you're just not getting your mind right. And this is a practical example. I spoke to him last Thursday. On Saturday, he scored 100 and we were WhatsApping this morning. He was telling me about it. And I thought, well, good timing coming to speak to you guys. That's an example of what's possible if you get your mind right. Right, this was after the Ashes in Australia last time. Anyone know what he averaged in that series? 137 in test cricket. And he said, no, nah, I wasn't hitting the ball as well as I could. What did Someone tell me, or a few people, put your hand up and say something. What does that mean? What did you take out of that? Yep. Very good. Yep. Anyone else? yep yep exactly one more anyone else something different i think it's i think that shows that once you get your game to a certain level exactly you don't need to be hitting the ball at your best a lot of people lack confidence because they're not at their absolute best but your absolute best is here if you're at 70 percent or 80 percent of your absolute best that's almost always if you get your best To being really good through lots of practice, lots of work, 80% is good enough, 60% is often good enough. And Steve's saying there that he's not at his best, but he was just making good decisions. He was just for long periods of time. He batted, he was almost impossible to get out that series. He scored mountains of runs just because he was making good decisions for long periods. So you guys might leave a net session and you've shanked them a little bit and think oh, I'm not batting that well, whereas if you just changed your perspective a little and thought, okay, I did a few things well. I actually moved well, I got in good positions, I didn't quite hit them that well, or I made good decisions. Then you can actually go into a game with a bit more sort of confidence or belief in yourself. And in a game, ultimately, it comes down to how much you want to fight, how much you can just win that contest. How you're hitting them doesn't matter. Chris Rogers talks about confidence being overrated, because if you walk out there and you're confident, you're feeling good, yeah, that's how you feel, but it doesn't make a difference. If you just fight and watch the ball, and win that contest, that's all that matters. How you feel can help you play with a bit more freedom, but if you're feeling not so good or low on confidence, if you can just get into a mentality, I'm just gonna win this ball, fight, do everything I can to win. If it's ugly, it's ugly, who cares? You guys can have a lot of success you don't have to be at your absolute best to be successful. Does that make sense? Yeah? Here's Reedy, and this is after Reedy. Reedy scored 300s in four, three or four weeks at the start of this year. And a really good practical example, before he scored his first 100, 148 not out for Melville first grade, he said he, he hadn't hit much over the Christmas period. It was the first game back, and he clunked them and shanked them everywhere in the warm-up. And a few of the guys, his teammates, were sort of laughing and saying, oh, you, you're still on holiday, Reedy, or whatever, because he was batting so poorly. And he didn't care, he was like, oh well, and he said to his brother as he walked past him going to pad up, said, oh, I've got all the bad ones out, out of the way. Went and got 148 not out. So he didn't get too caught up and he, he knows that that's something that's evolved as he's got older. It's not something he knew and I certainly didn't understand this at your age. I valued how I hit them so highly. I wish I knew this at your age. But if you can just get your mind and your emotions right and then get in the contest, that's all you need. How you're hitting them isn't that important as long as you've got good fundamentals in your technique if you've got bad fundamentals you fall over all the time or you swipe across the ball or whatever you could have the best mind and the, you could be in a good emotional state but you're going to get found out against good bowling so that's why i say everything's built around your technique as a foundation then it becomes for my cricket mentoring podcast i've interviewed a lot of good cricketers and almost always i ask this question i ask this question when at the highest level what percentage is mental and what percentage is technical And almost always they say, you've got to have your technique at a certain level. And once it's at that level and you're consistent, you don't have any fundamental errors, it's 95% mental. But if your technique's not at a certain level, which I'm sure none of you guys are, I know I've worked with some of you and you're getting better and working hard and things are going quite well, but you're certainly not at a level you can go and start facing Mitchell Stark consistently and handle him. So it's about grooving your technique, but if you guys can start to understand this sort of stuff now... It'll really, really help your development and your success on the field. So emotional, understand that how you feel will impact how you perform. The best athletes learn how to use their emotions to their advantage. It's not inbuilt in us, it's not we're not born with it, we learn things. So the best players learn how to manage their emotions and use them to their advantage. So Bet this is what we try and sort of talk to our players about. Understands that their emotions uh, understand you understand your emotions and your feelings. You understand what nerves are. You understand what anxiety feels like, and understand it's okay to feel that. It's not a bad thing. You, what we try and encourage our athletes to do is stay emotionally level on the field. So if you hit a four, you don't get too excited. Like, yeah, I'm batting really well and get high. Or if you play and miss, or someone's sledging you, not batting that well, you get really low. And then ultimately you get too high or too low, and you live on the roller coaster. That's when you get out. That's when you make mistakes. So we really try and educate our athletes to be as level as you possibly can be in the contest. Okay, you hit a four, all good. Just mark centre, go back, you start again, you go to the next ball. Alright, and then something that we talk about is the ability to be vulnerable and open up to people off the field. There's a lot of mental health issues these days and cricket's a taxing tough game where we, we fail more than we succeed. You guys have to be able to... Be strong enough to open up to people off the field if you're struggling. If you're feeling flat, if you're feeling low, it's not, there's no, it ain't weak to speak. There's no. nothing wrong with saying I'm feeling flat, I'm feeling low and getting help. Okay? Alright, so the final, sort of the second last thing is physical. The fifth pillar, Um, this is pretty self-explanatory. Develop your physicality to execute the skills you want when required. The fitter you are, the better your decision making will be for long periods of time don't need to sort of tell you guys you're young I'm sure you want to look good but how you feel is going to really really impact how you perform you want to be you want to score hundreds you want to take wickets you want to be picked in sides you want to move up the standard play men's cricket etc you got to be fit you got to be physically capable you might be little you might not be that strong but you still got to be as fit and strong as you possibly can be to be successful okay as fit and strong as possible constantly pushing your limits not being comfortable just being average, not being okay with, oh yeah, I'm all right. I've got an 8 minute 30, 2KO, that's yeah, somewhere in the middle. We want our athletes at cricket mentoring. We talk about being the best you can be on and off the field, so we're constantly trying to get our athletes to push their limits. I'm turning 33 this year and I'm going to try and run another marathon later in the year or early next year. I'm constantly trying to push myself and push my limits. Okay, I'm not, I don't sort of expect something of my athletes that I don't expect of myself. Alright, so we always sort of encourage them to really be pushing their limits so that you have the ability to bat, for, bat or bowl for long periods. And that's ultimately how you're going to have success. You're not going to be successful unless you just become a gun 20 player, you bowl four overs, you hit a few out the park. If you, want to be, if you want to be successful in cricket across multiple formats, you have to be able to bat or bowl for long periods. and that, Your physical fitness has a big, big part to play in that. Virat, irrespective of whether you have talent or not, one has to work hard. Just being talented doesn't mean anything. You could end up wasting it before you realize. Okay, Virat Kohli. Talent, in my opinion, is is a bit of a myth. You you get to where you are through work. Every skill is a learned skill. I've got a a nearly two-year-old daughter. At the moment, it's really fascinating watching her develop, watching her grow up. She's learnt to walk by watching us. She's learnt to, to talk. She's learning to put sentences together. Things we do every single day that we take for granted are skills we've learnt, brushing our teeth, walking, for eating, using a knife and fork, driving a car, all these things are skills that we've learnt. Talent I think is an overrated term. If you want to get good at something, it's about learning how to do it properly and then putting in the work. No, no two ways about it, Virat talks about people wasting their talent. You might, you might have natural ability, you might have sort of things that allow you to run fast or jump high, you might have physical characteristics, but ultimately cricket, Tendulkar was small. Matthew Hayden was tall. You can be like with well, lots of tall fast bowlers. There's some short, shorter fast bowlers. There's some good spinners of all make makeups and sizes. There's the West Indian bloke at the moment who's a bit overweight, but um, you can be you can be any shape or size really in cricket to be successful. So it comes down to how much work you want to put in. Finally, the sixth pillar, and you guys may or may not value these sort of things, but ultimately your success. And how good you can be will be determined by how much you're willing to do the little things. Not just hit the balls, not just get fit, but also how things like plan your time. practice. We talk about practicing gratitude, being grateful for the things that you do have, not jealous of everyone else and the things you don't have. How how hydrated are you? Always have a water bottle. Have a consistent sleep pattern. If you're not sleeping well, you're not going to perform at your best. Fact. Eat for fuel. We encourage our, our players and our athletes to always be learning and developing themselves. So listening to podcasts, reading books, limiting your TV time, invest in yourself, smile and laugh regularly, set goals, exercise, stretch, reflect in your journal. We encourage our athletes to really constantly be learning and reflecting on what, what they are learning. We say that experience plus reflection equals learning. So if you're having the experience but you're not reflecting, you're going to limit your learning. Okay, and that's how I just said every skills learned. so you want to keep practicing developing your learning okay? practice mindfulness study learn find enjoyable hobbies seek mentors okay so it all comes down to develop values and behaviors that will help you both on and off the cricket field to give you the best chance of having success okay and we talk about like you probably heard the saying before one percenters we think these sort of things are the one percenters that separate the players who are good or are pretty good to the great players. They sleep well, they value their sleep, they eat well, they're constantly hydrated, they reflect, they do all those little things that most people aren't willing to do because it's hard or boring. So how you guys, how good you guys become, in a room of 20 people, you might there might be one person in this room that goes and plays for Australia, there might be two that play for WA, five that play first grade cricket, there might be more than that, there might be none of you that do that. You're all going to go and do different things, you're all going to have different lives and paths but I promise you you'll get out what you put in if you enjoyed this episode then I'd love if you could please share it with a friend a teammate or a group of friends chuck the link in a whatsapp or facebook group or encourage someone who might find interesting to listen to it that's it for today's episode I really hope you're enjoying these fascinating stories from amazing people that I'm sharing with you guys if you are enjoying this podcast I'd love it if you could please take 60 to 90 seconds to leave a review as it helps us move up the rankings and get heard by more people. Thanks a lot for listening. Now it's time to go out and get it done, legends. Shop boy.